Hello and welcome to episode number 100 of the Dakota Rustler Show. I am your host, Daryl Rutt. Yes, I made it to 100. Took a little over two years, but I got there. The first 26 episodes were audio only, and the last 74 were both video and audio editions. More on that at the end of the show. Today's topics include inflation, intelligence leaks, gas stoves, that's back in the news again, and more. And also a reminder, go to dakotarustler.org, you can purchase merchandise, you can help support this show to keep it on the air, so please consider going there and making a donation or picking up a t-shirt or a mug or a host of other products. With that, let's get right into the topics of the day. Number one, inflation is down but not enough. Consumer prices edged up 0.1% in March. The overall consumer price index rose 5% year on year from this time today to the same time last year, which is the smallest gain since May of 2021. While the cost of gasoline declined in March, high rents continue to be a negative factor. In addition, the cost of services showed signs of moderating. Food prices were unchanged, which is the first such reading since November of 2020. Unfortunately, though, gas prices are set to rebound after Saudi Arabia and other OPEC oil producers announced further oil output cuts. And, of course, the usual summer blends arrive, which are also pricier. The cost of food consumed at home actually fell by 0.3%, the first decline since September of 2020. Egg prices tumbled 11%. Meats, fruits, and vegetables were also cheaper. On the other hand, prices for cereals and bakery products, as well as non-alcoholic beverages, increased. As I stated, in the 12 months through the end of March, inflation equaled 5%, the smallest year-on-year gain since May of 21. And that's down from a 6% increase in February. Let us not forget the annual inflation rate peaked at 9.1% in June of last year, which was the biggest increase since November of 81. So things are slowly getting better, not because of Biden policies, but the fact that people are finally cutting back because they're running out of freebie COVID money. For borrowers, economists expect the U.S. Central Bank to raise rates one more time in May before possibly halting the increases. For those who like to complain about the cost of their rent, remember this fact. The owner's cost of renting out a rental unit rose one-half percent last month, which was, a, which was the smallest gain since April of last year. So yes, your landlord's costs also go up. They do not remain the same. They need to make that amount up. Number two. The latest Intel leaks. I haven't seen the latest Intel leak documents, nor do I want the government to know should I decide to. However, 
Based on podcasts and other reports that I have seen and heard, it appears that some of the present plans in Ukraine operations have been revealed. In addition, it has been revealed that not only do we spy on our foes, but also on our allies. This latter bit of information should not be news to anyone. Virtually every country spies on virtually every other country in the world. This is and should be expected. It's how you know what your enemies are doing and how you make sure that your allies continue to be your allies. The old trust but verify scenario. It is suggested that up to 1 million people in the federal government, military or otherwise, have some type of security clearance that the rest of Americans do not have. It should not be surprising that occasional leaks are bound to happen. I think what really upsets the government, especially in this case, is that we the people found out the situation in Ukraine isn't going as well as what Washington would have us believe. Which of course means that far more Americans would likely oppose such operations, as I have since the beginning. I am not a fan of the military-industrial complex. Leaks about past operations that are no longer relevant can be a good thing and should happen. However, leaks about present operations arguably are not a good thing. They can put lives in danger. If you listen to me on a regular podcast, or on a regular basis, excuse me, you know I'm against any participation in the Ukraine-Russia conflict other than humanitarian aid. However, since we are providing support, there will be some operations that should not be made public until long afterwards. So it boils down to this. Who should have security clearance? Neurologically speaking, science has proven that the mind doesn't fully mature until about the age of 25. So consider just how many people under that age should have access to sensitive military info. This only furthers my argument that it's crazy to let young men of 18, 19, 20 years go off and kill people in a war, but not let the same people buy alcohol, cigarettes, and numerous other products. We need to set this age as a standard. Perhaps allowing a young National Guardsman to have access to certain military information is not and was not a good idea. Number three, remember the gas stove ban proposal? Well, <laughs> Chipotle is switching from gas to electric grills at many of its locations as part of a plan to design more environmentally friendly, sustainable restaurants. That's right. In 2024, Chipotle plans to open up at least 100 new locations that utilize all electric equipment. The company announced yesterday, which was like a week ago when I first got this story. The fast food chain has a goal of slashing its greenhouse gas emissions by half by 2030, which is in line with what's needed globally to meet the goals of the Paris Climate Agreement. So, yes, Chipotle has succumbed to political correctness, and yes, the cost of your food there will go up because electric is more expensive than natural gas. 
A growing body of research shows that gas stoves have a bigger impact on climate change and human health than people expected. Bullcrap. Yes, the earth may be warming, but it's nature, not man. Remember, 125,000 years ago, the earth was warmer than it is now, and there was no industrial revolution when the Neanderthals were roaming the planet. A growing body of research suggests that gas stoves leak methane, a greenhouse gas much more potent than carbon dioxide. They also create indoor air pollutants, including formaldehyde, carbon monoxide, and nitrogen dioxide. But apparently not enough to set off any of my detectors. They don't scream, carbon monoxide, carbon monoxide. <laughs> Chipotle has over 3,200 locations, and all but 12, I repeat, 12 out of 3,200 currently use gas grills. When asked in an email, the company didn't have a hard number for how many of its existing restaurants would adopt electric grills, just that it would, quote, apply them to existing locations where it makes sense, unquote. You know, I'm guessing that when Chipotle customers decide that the food doesn't quite taste the same, whether in reality or just perceived, and they quit eating there, Chipotle will stick to gas unless forced to electric. In addition, when Chipotle sees how much more they have to pay to cook over electric as opposed to natural gas, the whole idea of using electric will collapse. Not only that, but wait till they see how much longer it takes to cook food during brownouts when the electric's not up to par. Chipotle also plans to purchase renewable energy credits, which support clean energy projects to match 100% of the electricity used at its new all-electric locations. Oh boy, let's applaud. And the company says it will install solar panels where feasible. It also has plans to install heat pumps for water heaters and using energy management systems to conserve electricity. So, like I said, Expect your Chipotle food prices to go up. Electric is expensive. And it even gets more stupid. Chipotle says it wants to start offering more vegetarian and vegan options because cattle burp methane, the same stuff that gas stoves burn. My guess is that Chipotle will only do this in states that have politically correct wacko politicians such as California, New York. With that, it's time for a short break. Don't go away because when I come back, more horse sense. For all things Dakota Rustler related, please visit dakotarustler.org. The website contains links to media sites, a merchandise store, and a button to donate to the show. Your support helps to pay for expenses of production, as well as research time. Feedback is appreciated, and comments or topic ideas can be sent to the email address listed on the website. Sponsorships are also available if you have a business to promote. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back. Just need to do my regular shout outs to Dan Heim and Vinnie Camilleri for the music 
that I get to use on this show, and also to Arabelle Kimmick, who does all the voiceovers. With that, let's get right back into the stories. Number four. Two Tennessee Democrat representatives were recently ousted from the legislature by Republicans, only to be sent back to the legislature days later by their city councils. Even worse, a third representative subjected to the Republican vote was not ousted. Why is that worse? Could it be because number three was white, while the two kicked out were black? Hard to argue against that logic. Why were they even kicked out in the first place? Well, they participated in an in-house protest against gun violence against legislative rules. Democrats in the U.S. Senate have asked the U.S. Department of Justice to investigate whether the expelled lawmakers' constitutional rights were violated. Maybe so. One representative stated, quote, Rather than pass common-sense gun laws, they passed a resolution to expel the two youngest black members in the General Assembly, unquote. This is wrong, people. It's just wrong. While I agree with the Republicans that we don't need any more gun laws, expelling members simply because they peacefully disobeyed a legislative rule is stupid especially since their respective city council simply voted to send them back until a further election can be announced, which, by the way, will just result in their re-election. Couldn't the Republicans just vote to dock them a few days' pay or something similar and then use the money to help offset the cost of running the state legislature? That would have been a better idea. Both major parties have just gotten so childish, we might as well send them back to kindergarten. At least there, maybe the five-year-olds can teach our not-so-smart leaders how to act. Number five. Not that anyone uses them much more, but the price of stamps is scheduled to go up again. The U.S. Postal Service said this week that if that it has filed notice to increase the cost of a first-class stamp for the third time in the last 12 months. This time from 63 to 66 cents. The price of a stamp was 58 cents last July, so that equals about a 14% increase. The latest increase, which has already been approved by the agency's Board of Governors, is intended to offset rising inflation, the UPS said in a statement. Despite that inflation was at 9.1% as its highest, you know, so 14 versus 9, <laughs> I'm not buying it. If approved, it would go into effect on July 9, 2023. You can dodge that price hike at least temporarily by purchasing forever stamps before July 9. Forever stamps are always valid regardless of when they were bought or the price paid. Personally, I use about a dozen stamps a year, mostly to send birthday cards to the grandkids. My utility payments I drop off in person. The two that I don't do that with, I pay yearly, you know, so I always have a credit balance. That's only two stamps. So maybe I'm thinking about buying 100 stamps at $63 at today's prices. They should last another eight years at that rate. 
Ah, the post office is also looking to raise the fees for certified mail, money orders, post office boxes, and other services. For the record, the agency has been carrying an annual budget deficit of $10 billion, along with more than $188 billion in debts and unfunded liabilities, mostly from the underfunding of workers' pensions and retiree medical benefits. So, USPS retirees, I got a feeling you might be getting screwed. Postal Service generally receives no tax dollars for operating expenses and relies solely on the sale of postage products and services for funding. And that's a bold-faced lie. If they were that far in debt without government funding, they'd be out of business. And finally, number six. Let me get to that. This is the last of my video podcast until October, but do not fear, I am not going away. The podcast will continue on Spotify and other podcast outlets throughout the rest of spring and summer. Those links will be posted on my Facebook page and also my webpage, dakotarustler.org. In addition, I will continue to do a mini cast every now and then and post those on Facebook and or YouTube at the time. Warm weather is short-lived here in South Dakota and I want to enjoy it. Simply put, I can put together an audio version of a podcast a lot quicker than I can a video version. So if you love the video versions, I apologize, but you can still find me on the audio versions. And I thank you very much for tuning in whenever you do. With that, it's time to ride away. So until next week or the next time, you know the mantra, question authority, and always be free. Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their affiliates. Any unauthorized use of this show is prohibited. Until next time, have a great day, and don't forget to subscribe.